Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become more fully alive by doing life together. This is a podcast really just to explain a little further for men who want to become better men by doing life in groups, doing life in relationship, living fully known by other guys in your circle, hopefully your close circle. My name is Lee Rogers. I work at North Point Community Church with men's groups, and I am here as always with my very good friend, Doug, Dr. Doug Hurley. Leaf Garrett, good to be here. Thank you, Doug, for introducing me so well. Today, we've got an excellent podcast. I'm super excited. We're talking, as always, about things that men should be talking about in their groups, should be um, going a little deeper in their conversations so that they can um, be known and so that they can grow alongside other guys. But today, we're talking about this idea of living with the end in mind. Living with intentionality. What mm. comes to mind for you, Doug? Living with intentionality means not walking through life like you've taken a narcoleptic pill, but you wake up every day jazzed <laughs> yes, to be alive. I love that. <laughs> and the words fully alive. Fully alive. Um, is a non-narcoleptic. I'm not even going to try to. <laughs> narcoleptic. One thing that comes to mind for me is bucket list. Ooh. Do you have a bucket list? You probably, you're an intentional guy. Be, do you have a bucket list? You know, I, it's it's not very wazoo though. I well, you, it used to be, but it's not anymore. I feel like I've kind of done got a lot of t-shirts and so, yeah, that's good. What what would be on your bucket list at this point right now? So I I can't wait to this is gonna yeah I can't wait to baptize my kids uh, like that. That's huge. I can't wait to do a mission trip with my kids. Yes, um, and I cannot wait to go to Alaska and do a cruise. Never hey, done that. Yeah. Never done. I've done cruises, but I've never been to Alaska on a cruise. Wow. So that's kind of it. It sounds kind of lame. Yeah, those are really good. I, I mean, those are good, but it's short. It's a short bucket list. I'll just say very quickly, I've baptized two of my children. Oh, awesome. It is fantastic. But the, the after the first kid got baptized, um, he was probably uh, nine-ish. And his younger brother, six years old at the time, said, Dad, I want to get bathtub, baptized. <laughs> And I said, great, Turner, buddy, you know, why do you want to get baptized? And he said, well, one, I love water. <laughs> and two, I love God. And I'm like, hey, we're halfway there, buddy. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do this. That's like actually 100% of it. <laughs> That's everything. That's more man. than it. Yeah. Because even if you don't like water, but you love God, you would probably get baptized. Yeah, why would But he you? loves water and he loves God. That's like 150%. That's a bonus. It was amazing. And I thought, hey, let's wait a year and see what, see where we are. All right, um, what's your bucket list? So on my bucket list, I'm not a big bucket list guy. I don't, I don't put, I'm not an overly thrilling thrill seeker. Um, but I would love to, as you know, I used to be in a, a career in architecture and classical architecture, even though we designed houses. Um, but I've never been to Italy and I've never been to Rome mm. and I want to go to Rome. I want to go, um, to the Coliseum, but m more importantly, there's a building called the Pantheon. Have you heard of the Pantheon? It's, you've seen it. Um, you just don't know you've seen it, but it's one of the coolest design buildings in the world. And I just want to stand 
under the dome in the Pantheon and see what that feels like. That's in Rome? It's in Rome. What is it? I, remind me, which, what is that? It, it looks like a lot of other Roman buildings. <laughs> it's got columns on the front, uh, you know, the, the triangle pediment, and, and then has a dome over the center of it. But it's, it's pretty incredible. The, the fact that they were able to design it and put it together when they did and the proportions, ah, it's a big deal. Gosh, I don't know why I thought that was in Greece. I'm thinking of something different. Really hope it's not in Greece, <laughs> especially if I make it to Rome looking for it. That, that would be so awesome. I want to go to Greece too, um, but yeah, I just have some travel on the on the bucket list. That's great, man. Rome Colosseum Pantheon, super cool. I love that. So let's transition out of Rome and into our topic for today, and this is um, a little bit of a heavy topic. And honestly, I've thought a lot about it with regard to. Um, funerals, as, as crazy as that sounds, mm. is that someday pro- we're, we're all going to be dead, as far as I know, yep. and there will probably be some sort of memorial service or funeral, and and what does that look like? And, and working at a church over the past few years, I feel like I've, I've seen ones that I thought were truly inspiring and made me want to do more with my life, and I saw some that were truly uninspiring and made me want to do more with my life. Yeah. What do you think about Doug with regard to um, this topic and living with the end in mind? Gosh, it's one of those things like you sit here and you have the conversation that we're about to have and it it's like sobering and, and inspiring. And you kind of look back with regret, like, Oh my gosh, I didn't get this right as a dad or as a husband or whatever. But, but then, like having this conversation we're about to have, I already know it's going to be a call to action, like yeah. to, to live differently, to do differently, because you'll have the end in mind. So the fact that we're talking about it, I think is amazing for me personally, yeah. um, but hopefully for the guys that are listening as well. Yeah. And why do, I mean, if we think about anything else we do, we're probably thinking with the end in mind. If you, if you run a 5k, um, you have the end in mind. I, a couple of years ago, I ran the hot chocolate 5k because- I don't know why it seemed fun. <laughs> At the end, there was hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, and, and that's what you do. But I had that in mind when I started the race. Yeah, um, what what I was imagining what the end would look like, and um, I'm maybe even less about the journey. That's a that's a different topic. Mm-hmm. But um, why do you think it is, Doug, that we I don't know we don't spend more time thinking about or living with the end in mind? Oh gosh, man, I, I it's uh, there's probably a um, a myriad of reasons for that, but I think just off the top of my head, one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest, is we're just so busy. I mean, as every human being is kind of busy, Americans, we are overly busy. We're busy. Studies show that, and um, psychologists and counselors would say that about us. Uh, I think it was Dallas Willard, I think it was him, that said, busyness is not of the devil, it is the devil. Like it, we're just so busy. Yeah. And I, I even think like I, and I want to get this out of my repertoire, but people say, Hey, how you doing? And you know what I say so often? Oh man, I'm good. I'm so busy. Yeah. Oh yeah. All the time I say that. And so I think that's, I think that's a reason why. Yeah. We're working all the time. I think also like for someone like me, I, I'm a, I don't know, I lean more on the positive end of things, the maybe the fun end of things as far as temperament goes. Hmm. But I don't like to think about death or 
you know, what, what the end looks like. That's, that's sad, heavy stuff that, um, I just don't go there very often. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even when I'm at a memorial service or a funeral, I don't like to dwell there. Um, I, my, it's like my mind already wants to move past that yeah. and, and get back to, um, I don't know, happy things or not thinking about heavy things. Which there's good in that, you, you know, your temperament, you know, being yellow and green, you want to be in the moment. Yeah. You want to be in the moment and be present in the moment. And so there's good in that. Um, but we also, I mean, that's why we're talking about it. There's something valuable about having that end game, like the true end game. Yeah, there, there's something valuable about living in the reality that we only live for a certain amount of time. Yeah, you know, it's not like, um, well, it's, who knows? I could live forever. You know, <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Very unlikely. That's avoiding reality. Right. I, I think I probably do that, and so I'm not thinking. I'm probably not thinking as much about um, retirement and what my you know final. I don't know, a couple of decades of life is going to look like. That's just not where I go. Hmm. Do you think a lot about that? Yeah, I, was just, I, you just, I did the hmm, because when you said the thing about retirement, um, this thought came to to my mind is that we have, we avoid those topics because um, there's a good chance that we're not going to totally get it right. And it's like yes. you, don't, you almost don't even know where to start. Like if I think of the end game for my life, I got there's a ton of things I got to be thinking about. How do how do I husband? How do I parent? How do I Yep. How do I befriend? How do I pastor? How do I work? How do I save money and do yeah. that right? It's overwhelming yes. in some regards. But. Yeah, I think I think what you're touching on is something we've talked about before is that there is some um there's some amount of shame connected to it. Hmm. You know, I feel like I I often live with this question of am I doing enough? And, um, and no, I'm not, uh, not according to commercials I see on television. Yeah. Not according to all my friends' Facebook posts. Cause they're crushing it yeah. in life. And I'm kind of <laughs> right. like, man, why am I goofing things up so bad today? According to Instagram, I'm not doing enough. Um, but yeah, just as far as all of those different aspects of life, whether it's financial, whether it's, uh, pouring into the next generation, whether it's um, taking care of myself physically, whatever it is, it feels like, gosh, I, I just want to make it through today. I want to make it through this week. I want to make it through this year, whatever that looks like. Um, John Woodall, our friend who does Wisdom from the Woods um, piece at the end of almost every podcast, um, he talks about different stages of life and looking at that final stage as the consolidation stage of life where you start consolidating um, your life and things you own and your family and all those sorts of ideas. And that is a really almost like a healthy, realistic way um, to look at um, living with the end in mind. Mm. Um, But it's obviously super important that there are things that we can do today um, that that are going to affect at the end. And since we only have one life to Mm. live, I mean, YOLO. I mean, we we only get one shot at this to get as much life out of life as we possibly can. Um, we should do that. We should not just be waiting for the next thing to happen. And to to Andy Stanley isms, if 
I can say that, and I just made that word up, but two come to mind that he does that, uh, or has said that really reflects this well. Number one is, and this was about parenting, but it applies totally. Um, The days are long and the years are short. Yes. You know, like you get into the grind of the day and it's just tough and work is tough and life is tough. And there's good things too, but those days are long. And at the end of the day, you're just like, man, I am cooked. Yes. But all of a sudden you're like, man, five years passed, 10 years passed. My life has passed. And before you know it, it's like, huh, did I really end up where I wanted to be? And can I look back in the rearview mirror and, and go, that's how I wanted yeah, to live it. Keeping that perspective um, helps me want to make more out of each day. Oh, gosh, yeah. And not just kind of slog through it, um, knowing that I'm going to look back and say, what happened? Where to go? And the other thing that dovetails into that, what you were just saying there, and this is another Andy Stanleyism, is the whole principle of, of the path. Like, okay, this is where I want to end up. So right. put yourself in the direction on the path with that compass heading that you want to get to the destination that you want to be at, be at whether it's you know 10 weeks, 10 months, or 10 years, or the end of your life. And I think it all applies. So, um, yeah, another yeah. good Andy Stanley-ism. That's huge. And I think that's even a book, The Principle of the Path. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Um, a fantastic book. Um, so as we think about this, and um, if I'm a listener and I'm in a group, I'm thinking, okay, great, guys. <laughs> what do we do now? Mm-hmm. Um, we want to give you guys some handles, some um, practical things of what to do with this idea, and we are going to do that right after a little section we like to call Man Hacks. A man hack. What is man hack? I'll tell you what a man hack is. A man hack is something you can do to make your life better or easier. We all have little things we can do, and we want to share those so that we can just um, join in our collective knowledge of making life better. Doug, do you have a man hack for us today? I do. I've got a good one here. It's uh, anytime as a dad, as a husband, as a, as a guy at work, as, as a dude that's just out there in the world, and you get asked a question, but you are spacing out. You're in the Bahamas in your mind with a, a fruity drink with a little umbrella coming out of it as they're asking you a serious question, and, you're, and, the, and they look at you and go, can you answer my question? And you literally didn't hear yeah, any part nothing. of the question. Come back and say, uh... I'm a bit confused by that. Could you ask that question in a different way? Doug, you have done that to me so many times. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I can't believe you just revealed, you just showed your hand on I'm that. I'm showing the love for you and for all the <laughs> so guys good. listening here. Right, t- tell us what to say again. So, you know, hey, hey, Doug, blah, blah. You hear the blah, blah, blah. And they're, oh, gosh. <laughs> and, and they say, can you answer my question? You know what? That's a bit confused. Can you ask that question brilliant. in a different way? It's brilliant. Thank you. It's fantastic. Okay, I have one. It's a little weirder, a little grosser, but it occurred to me very recently that this is something that I do. I don't know if other people do this. I don't I don't know if you have this problem, but occasionally some food gets left in the garbage disposal and it's disgusting. It's gross. Occasionally you even catch a little smell coming out of your garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you clean it? Let me just tell you right now. Throw some ice cubes in your garbage disposal. Throw in a little dishwash soap, turn on the water as normal, um, and then crank that sucker on, let them grind it down, and uh, with the soap, it will clean out your garbage disposal. It's fantastic. It's a remedy, a regular old kitchen household remedy that's brought to you by me today. 
And You're so welcome. the secret sauce there is the ice. The ice. It gets in the crevices. It, it okay. adds a little friction, okay. breaks things up. I will say one time I put a lot of ice in there and I made a gigantic dishwash soap slushy and it was no bueno. Had to melt a little ice down to, to get it where I wanted to be. But those are those are the man hacks we have for you today in this section <laughs> that we always like to call man hacks. Okay, jumping back in. We want to um, help guys in groups live with the end in mind. What can we do today um, to change our perspective a little bit so that we can look back and just be able to um, have the peace of knowing that we've been thinking about this all along and we've been taking steps and our feet have been on a path to where we want to go as as we look back from the end of our lives. Um, so... We have a, a couple of questions that we could be asking, um, and we have one exercise um, of that that really is about writing your own eulogy, asking yourself the question: um, If I could hear, if I could be at my own eulogy, what would I want everyone to hear about my life? Um, Doug, you've done this exercise before. What what comes to mind for you? Thoughts around it, and and would you? Would you want to read yours for us? Yeah, I. so I did this, gosh, I think it was three or four years ago. And when the idea was teed up, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. And I'll do it because the the, the mentor that asked me to do it said yeah. do it. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I respect you, I'll do it. I'll tell you what, man, I once I dove into it, it was, um, it was emotional. Wow. It was illuminating. It was disappointing in some ways, but yeah. it also gave me inspiration how to do things differently. So but the kind of unpacking some of that, um, I thought of the people that would come to my funeral and do the, do the eulogy, my wife, my kids, yeah. guys from the military and business world and everything else. And I know what they would say. Um, and they would be good things, but it wasn't what I would want them to say. Yeah. Yeah, as I think about this, I, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that um, I'd been to you know a lot of different memorial services over the past few years. But what really came to mind was two specific examples. One of a of a guy at his memorial services, grandkids were were speaking and talking about how only a few months earlier he was he was jumping in the pool with them, doing cannonballs, <laughs> and this guy he just. He loved them, and they remembered that about their grandfather, and it was amazing. You know, you could feel the relational um, investment this guy had made. Gosh, and I would think as they're talking about that and walking through it, what a celebration yes. of him and the impact he had relationally. Oh yeah, with his obviously his kids, but his grandkids too. Inspiring. It's so inspiring. Yeah, and on the other hand, I remember being at this funeral of a guy who was my age. And um, he, he had a wife and a family, but really all people talked about was that he was interested in politics and he, he watched a lot of Fox News and, and he, um, he was, you know, he talked about politics a lot, but he had never actually even gotten involved in, in politics in any way, but that was kind of his interest and, and that was it. Mm. It was, it was um, not as inspiring. And I, I know the guy probably did a lot more, but at his memorial service, that's what was shared. That's what was shared. And that was, the, and everyone's probably sitting there going, is there more? I would think. 
Yeah. They, and, I, I would think that. Yeah. And probably like me, like, ooh, what are people going to share at my memorial service? Hopefully not that. That, felt, that feel like a, was that like a wake up for you when you, or? Absolute wake yeah. up for me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But getting back to you, um, tell us more about your eulogy. Yeah. So it's just, um, gosh, and I kind of forgot what I said a few seconds ago, because that, that was, I was feeling sad for the family of the guy. Yeah. Your age watching, yeah. though, that was the Fox News guy. Um, I, yeah, so I wrote this out. I spent quite a few days doing it. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's 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 literally a page and a half. So I'll just I'll bulletize it. But before I even get to what I want them to say, which is what's written down, um, when I wrote it, what people would have said is completely different from what I what I typed up, what yeah. I wrote, wrote out. What they would have said, and they're good things, is man, Doug is a he's a go getter. He's an achiever. He's a visionary. He can execute. He's brave. You know, they'd say some other stuff. He's grumpy and other things too that sure. aren't so good. But facts. People talk usually about the good stuff. Yeah. You know, at, yeah, yeah, at yeah. the memorial service. So the good things they would say is that go get her achiever. To, and I'm like, man, do, is that what I want my wife to say about me? Right. And my kids and my grandkids and the guys I work with and the women I work with. And do I do? Is that what I really want? So. So anyways, I dug in and was prayerful about it. And, and so here are mine. I've got, um, let's see, a handful. And I'll just, I'll do the highlights. But um, number one is the most important thing to, to note about Doug. This would be somebody saying this at my funeral, is that he had a heartfelt commitment to Jesus Christ. So just in everything that I did, I strove to have a heart and a mind that, that was aligned with God's will and with his aspirations. And I won't read the rest of that paragraph, but that, is really kind of counterintuitive to the way that people would have said that I lived my life until then. And they right, would, would right. have said you're anti-God, but they would have said, man, you're ambitious and you've got aspirations, but they're really kind of more for for you. Yeah. <laughs> like this is more for you and your promotion and your accolades and your relevance more than it is about following Christ and his aspirations. Yeah, and the and the question in my head kind of with that is, I don't that I would ask myself is do do people see what really matters to me like mm. like I I can say this is my priority but is it my priority enough that the people around me would say yeah, oh yeah that that's that's what this guy was about yeah man you ha- you got that so hit the you so hit the nail on the head with that one um, quick sidebar on that I asked Annabelle um, this is a couple years ago I'm working at the church. Here, yeah. and my primary job is about work and faith integration, and how how to have strong faith and to work really good and hard, but not to overwork. And I went to my daughter and I said, "Hey, let me ask you a question. Do you think Daddy works uh, cares more about work or You're cares rolling, more about family?" Rolling the dice, asking a question like that. I uh, know. I think I said this on a previous podcast that you and I did a number of months ago. But so I'll keep that this short. But it was. She goes, "Oh yeah." It's it's work. You care more about work than family, and I'm like, what? Wow. You really think that? So, oh, wake my, up call. In my heart, that's not true. I care way more about my family than I do about work, and I do care a lot about work. But what she thought and what she experienced, and what going back to your point, you know, what do people see? Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, what we feel and what what we want isn't necessarily going to translate to what people perceive. Right, and what our kids feel matters more than what we tell them. Mm. We can mm-hmm. tell them. 
So the so the first one was the commitment to Christ. The second one was I value respect for others and for myself. So really what that boils down to is seeing value in every single person. doesn't matter race, ethnicity. doesn't matter about religion. I'm a Christian that right. works at a church. And, um, man, I've got friends that are Muslim, that are Hindu. Right. And I love them, and I am for them. And uh, I'm not trying to turn them into a project right. to fix them. I'm just I'm loving them, and I respect them. And it matters. Where they're at. Yeah. But if you had the, asked me before, I probably had some views that were articulated and communicated that didn't necessarily line up with that value that I would want eulogized at, uh, at the end of my life. Um, and then another one is having a joyful heart. I, um, I'm intense and I'm, I love to jump in and go hundred percent. And sometimes people could see, well, gosh, it doesn't seem like he's having a lot of fun with that. And I am, but they don't see it. <laughs> this is how you have fun. This is how I have fun. But man, I do have a ton of joy. Like I'm a half glass full kind of guy. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm yeah. a positive guy. But I want people to see that. And I don't think a lot of my friends and family would have said that about me at the end of my life. Again, it would, they would say, oh, he's intense and he would go after the gusto. Yeah, but to that's like good. just joy, like a, this kind of deep, still joy that he's got. I don't know if he's got that. Yeah, that is really cool. It's not, it's not shutting down who you are by any means, but it's almost interpreting who you are for others and, and making sure that that's coming across in some sort of way. But I, I love even more how um, just doing that little assignment, um, which we're, we're going to um, tell you guys how to do that and, and include the assignment in our show notes. But just you doing that little assignment um, made you not just take stock, but uh, maybe even shift some things um, and how you affect those around you. Man, it did in such a huge way, and 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 I'm going to just mention the other two without unpacking them. The uh, next one is value and patience, and the last one is value and authentic communication. Like the words that come out of my mouth, I mean, I mean them, but yep. they also give life. They're encouraging words as well, and not that you can't ever be give criticism, but you're going to do it in a way that's going to be edifying and building the person up and helping them. So, those are the values. And getting back to your statement you just said a second ago. You know, this was done three, four years ago. Man, I'm a totally different person um, than I was three or four years ago. And so much of it is because of this. Wow. And I'm not being not me. Sure. I'm being me, but I'm just being, going back to the word in the beginning, intentional yes. about what behaviors I want to exude and what's really going on in my heart. And does my wife see that? Do my kids see that? Do you as a coworker and a friend, yes. do you see that? And man, I'm still goofing this up and tripping over myself, but I do feel that the eulogy today would be different than it was four years ago because yeah. I went through this exercise. Well, and that, that you're doing it now, like you're doing those things now. You're not like, oh, someday, and you know, I hope it all works out in the end, but just like you said, intentionality mm. of making those little little shifts now um, that that matter a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. I would love to hear what you think your eulogy would be and then also what would you want it to be and how close are those two things to marrying up? Yeah, that's a great question. I, for some reason, um, I feel like I've done this assignment and I, I looked for it earlier and couldn't find it. But what comes to mind for me is that I want to be someone who... Um, causes people to feel 
known deeply. And um, I just, I want to, like, the thing in me that wants to even do ministry or um, relate to my family is I want to help other people see who they are, what they were meant to do in this world. Um, I want them to become more fully alive. So um, in a, in a eulogy, if anybody got, got up on a a stage or behind a microphone um, to, to speak at my memorial service or funeral, whatever it is, I would want their life to have been positively affected by me that um, they saw God differently um, because of our relationship or that they felt loved because of our relationship or they knew themselves better um, because of our relationship. Um, That would be probably the most important thing for me, Um, whether it was one of my children or my wife or coworker or um, random guy who I knew Mm -hmm. um, that that would be the, I think that's the thing that I'll think about on my deathbed, you know, looking back. Yeah. Um, what were the relationships and um, were were people better because of my effect on them? Yeah. Did you have a positive impact and influence and, and yeah. results in that relationship for that person? I love that, man. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I, not that I want you to walk out of here and get hit by a car or a bus, please, God. <laughs> yeah. uh, but... I feel like they would say that, like, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it because you're on an intentional path for people to say that about you. Like, you live that. Yeah, I think it's even why, I mean, you and I were talking yesterday about, um, you know, areas of growth for the next 90 days. And just that idea of wanting to to be able to communicate that better to, to people I'm sitting across the table from. Yeah. I, I think it directly relates to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a thing for sure. Um, so we'll include the the eulogy assignment. It's a great thing to do and to talk about in a group because if you show up and it and you're like, okay, um, this is what I want people to say about me. He was a he was a nice guy and he made a bunch of money. Hopefully, your group will call you out on that <laughs> about, about what really matters um, in life. We we should not do this in a vacuum. That's all, and not that we're not saying that making money is bad. But let's have both. Let's have both. But that, yeah, let's have that eulogy. What do we really want at the end end of our life? Exactly. And also, uh, there are some questions that that we think would really help this conversation in your groups. And um, we'll include these as well. But uh, number one, what would your eulogy sound like now? Mm -hmm. Um, Right right the second, just as Doug said, you know, before we've really thought this through. Um, and spent a lot of time thinking with the end in mind, what would your eulogy sound like if you were gone right now? Um, what are what are kind of the highlights or, or passions of your life? Um, and then two, what would you like for your eulogy to sound like? What If it, if it happened um, in 30 or 40 years from now, what would you like to look back on this moment um, and say you changed so that your eulogy sounds different, more in line with your heart and values and what you want to do in this world. So one, what would it sound like now? Two, what do you want it to sound like? And three, um, is there anything that you can start or stop doing now that would help move toward the eulogy you want? Um, and of course, we want want the guys in our groups to, to help us with that and figure that out. But honestly, don't don't even go for the the 
the moonshot here. Think about baby steps. Mm-hmm. What is a baby step I can take today um, that's gonna that's gonna make a difference um, thirty forty years from now, or you know, or tomorrow uh, yeah. for that matter, because we just don't know. Um, so hopefully, um, you guys are listening to this and thinking about conversations you want to have with um, others in your life, um, with the men in your life, the guys who you're doing life with, and. Um, trying to grow with and get better. And um, this will, will help those conversations happen. Yeah, so fun. So fun to do and tough to do and worthwhile. So, yeah, it is heavy, but, but take a night and do that. Yeah. It, it will definitely be worth it. Um, so we're going to wrap it up there. As always, we want to leave you with a little wisdom from our very good friend, a guy who's been around us, mentored us in so many ways. Um, always bringing the wisdom, in this case, from the woods, John Woodall. I don't know about you guys, but I am super impressed by the human being, by the human body, the thing that makes us up as men, as people. Uh, All of its design, the mind, the will, our emotions, uh, the ability to carry things up and down stairs, the magnificent design of our hands and our feet, every aspect of the human being, I'm super impressed. Well, one of the things about being human is our ability to think and our ability to talk to ourselves. And sometimes we can't distinguish between what others are talking to us about, what we are talking to ourselves about, or what I believe is an actually enemy of human beings, and that is what the devil talks to us about. Jesus said in John chapter 10, he said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. These are the words, this is the voice of the shepherd. And the voice of the shepherd in your head, in my head, is generally, it has words of affirmation, uh, it has words of encouragement and discipline and conviction, and they bring life to us, they bring direction to us. And it also reminds me, one of my mentors said, make sure that you know the difference between the voice of the butcher in the voice of the shepherd. In the book of Revelation, the devil is described as the accuser of our brethren is cast down. One of the descriptions of the devil is he's the accuser of the brethren. And so sometimes in your thoughts, you have thoughts of accusation, condemnation, guilt, and shame, and thoughts that lead to death. So one of the things that I want to ask you to think about is what are you hearing in your head? What are you thinking about? What are you saying to yourself? What is the devil saying to you? What is the shepherd saying to you? It's an important distinction for us to process. Are these the words of my shepherd or are these the words of the butcher? Pay attention. Very different kinds of words. One leads to life and the other leads to death. Think about that.
guys, as always, we just want to wrap it up by saying thank you. We want to encourage you to continue to do life with other men in relationships, in groups. As always, subscribe, like the podcast, and we will see you next time.